Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Dance Speak podcast. This episode is very unique because normally I have an interview, but today I'm digging into the vault and sharing something I never thought I was actually going to share. In 2018, Jojo Diggs, who has two episodes with us, she's awesome, had a weekend and she had something called the Empowerment Panel and she also had talks. So I was invited in to speak about something um, near and dear to my heart and I knew the thing to open up and share about was the thing that I was scared to share about. So I speak about my time with Lyme's disease and I entitled the speech, The Power of Sitting on the Bench, because I got some of my best lessons from the worst time. And I'm releasing this now because I feel like it's time to go out on a limb. I think that people go through some really scary experiences and because there might not be enough dialogue around it, it's easy to feel alone or stuck or stuck in fear of what can happen. And I feel like I'm on the other end of that experience. And so I want to share. It's time. It's time that you know a little bit more about your host. Please let me know what you think of this episode. If you want more episodes like this, kind of in a similar vein, um, or if you're like, nah, son, either way, love to get feedback. You can always email me at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. Also, we have Instagram, so follow us on Instagram. I check the DMs at Podcast on uh, Instagram. My own is at gogalit, G-O-G-A-L-I-T. Be sure to subscribe, share this with a friend. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review and rating on iTunes, but please make it five stars because you know, you know that that really helps and stuff. Um, and enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. By the way, it's followed up by a Q&A with some interesting questions. I talk about rest, about recommendations, a little bit on my background as a personal trainer. And there's a little bit of background noise at the beginning, but it goes away pretty quickly. Enjoy! Hey guys, my name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. Anyway, so I'm excited to have you here. Um, Kali, actually, uh, you know, we've been friends and we've even done some work together with Dig Deeper. Uh, she helped run and facilitate She Dig Deeper here in LA, which is a, a, a Dig Deeper but dedicated to like all female uh, panel and stuff like that. So she's been really helpful with that. And um, she took me on as in my like long distance personal trainer, which is really good. And uh, it actually, I tell you this a lot, but it was a, it was a really nice turning point for me because I hadn't been inside a studentship where I really felt uncomfortable for uh, for some time before she came in, and she really had to like you know force me to um, you know get really uncomfortable, and that just really opened my eyes to my love for being uncomfortable. So that made a big impact for me, and I try to tell you that as much as I can because so it was really great. <laughs> so please give it up. I'm just going to have a great presentation for you, and yeah, I'll give you your your time. Scarf on. No, no. Okay. I'm nervous as fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's what happened? I asked Jojo via text if it was okay. <laughs> um, I think it's easier for me to talk about something that I know about out there versus myself. And so this is a personal perspective. So it's called The Power of Sitting on the Bench. And I'm like sharing with you. This isn't a speech. I like want you to know that, okay? 
Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, so I came out here to go to school as part of a long, long-term goal of being a professional dancer. Around the age of like 14, 15, I was like, I'm gonna dance for Chris Brown. Like, this is my goal. And I'm gonna go to college. And I'm gonna like find my way to go to LA for college so I could get acclimated. We're talking like long-term goal setting so that I can become acclimated, make connections, figure out how to be a professional dancer, and like be on that path. And is anyone on like professional dancer, whether it's the battle world and freestyle or going to auditions, is anyone here in that path, lane, even if it's like sort of okay, right? So you know probably that you're, at least for me, I was like, all right, it'll take one to two years after I graduate college. Um, and it was like, didn't happen that fast, right? So I'm in LA, got my degree, it's 2000. Okay, so I've been dancing for four years after school, like hustling, working multiple jobs so that I can afford to stay out here, so that I can go to dance class, so that I can do whatever my agent needs me to do, headshots, all of that, and I finally was making headway. And it was 2014, and I was booked to choreograph a promo tour for the whole summer, so that means we're flying out for different dates, and I was asked to dance on it, and I was like, oh, I have to dance and choreograph. <laughs> All of my complaints around it were like really me bragging and just a dream come true. And I had been getting tired a lot, but I was doing a lot, so it makes sense that I was tired. And I remember one of my good friends at some point, she was like, hey, you're getting sick a lot and unwell. And how I heard it was like, you're bullshitting. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're getting unwell. I, I heard it as like, she's suspicious that I'm not really sick and unwell. And so I didn't hear it. And as I start working and going into the rehearsals for this job, I start noticing like, oh, I don't feel quite right. So I have an alternative doctor in New York, and he can find everything out about my health and system through a blood test, a drop of blood that I can send. And so I did that, and this is like right when we're going into full, full gear, and I get a call, and I had a laundry list of things that were like wrong in my system, but at the core of it was I had Lyme's disease. Does anyone know what that is, or familiar? Is it disease in the blood? What? Is it something that has a huge blood, right? Yeah, I mean, Lyme's disease, so the non, does that, is that your question? Yes. Right. Cool. So this like totally not medical, non-comprehensive, broad definition of it is it's known to be transmitted through a deer tick, although not all deer ticks have it. So it's much more common, I know, like in the northeast and places with heavily wooded areas. Um, I've also heard spider bites, and there's also a level of like, we don't quite know. And I didn't notice when I had been bitten. So if you get a bite, you might get like a bullseye rash somewhere on your body. Um, some people usually notice if they have it, not always, but they'll sometimes notice if they got a tick on them. And then you can take antibiotics and it should be fine. I don't know when I got it. So in Western medicine overall, there's no recognized cure for it. And sometimes the regular tests won't even find that you have it. So just to give you an idea, the main symptoms that you can get are extreme fatigue. So if you've ever had like mono or think of 
the flu where you just you're you don't have the elasticity of energy where you bounce back. It's that type of fatigue. Um, joint pain and inflammation. So you could get one, all of them, or psychosis. It can impact your mind, your personality. So you don't necessarily have all of them. And some people will get like a left field type problem because it depends where it lodges in your system. So I was just really, really tired and I felt constantly like I was coming down with something. And I'm a New Yorker. Is anyone here from New York? Okay, hey. <laughs> we hustle. Not that people from other places don't. We are about our hustle. So what it looked like is I would drink coffee in the morning, drink coffee before rehearsal, push myself, be upset with myself if I like wasn't the fullest ad I could possibly be, and I did everything to hide it. I didn't share this with anyone because I was so afraid that people would associate me with being sick forever that they wouldn't hire me. So I found out, okay, I have to go up. Backtrack. Find out that I have Lyme's disease and a laundry list of other things that have piled up in my system. One of them was autoimmunity because my body was so concerned with addressing the Lyme, but it couldn't fight the Lyme's disease. So it means that other things start piling on, like this infection and this is not well and you're really high toxicity and all these things. So I couldn't even take antibiotics before flying to New York and getting treated for autoimmunity. So I'm gonna keep it moving, are you with me? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I practiced it this morning and I was like, kept, it's, it's, you know, it's deep. I'm not thinking how can I rest, I'm thinking how can I make this job happen and have nobody know that I'm sick. Wow. So I remember after our first show, it was in LA, the next morning, I got like five hours of sleep, I go to LAX, go to New York to get treated for my autoimmunity, and then as we start fly back, and as we start the tour dates, I'm taking antibiotics to see what they will do. Secretly, I'm feeling like crap. On the outside, I'm just pushing, going, like taking pictures. Yeah, I'm on tour, making it happen. Um, and it was a miracle and a crazy thing that had me actually handle it. So I'm pushing, I'm going, drinking my cups of coffee. And my mom calls me one day, and my mom has never asked me to come home, ever. And she had gotten injured. She had broken her pelvis in five places. And she was like, honey, I, honey, I'm in bed. I like, I, I just, I need your help. And that was the phone call. I figure out getting replaced for a tour date. I go home. She's like, while you're here, why don't you get tested to see how the antibiotics are working? I got tested. And I remember that day. I remember the moment looking at my phone and seeing the answer was in an email and I needed to get a, a more intensive treatment. And at the moment, I wasn't upset so much about my health, I was so concerned about the tour. And even though I could be responsible and get myself covered, which I did, and I even tried to pay for the plane ticket, ended up, I think, paying for half of it. I was so scared about what the artist would think. I, like, this is what I was obsessed and crying over. And I remember the artist didn't understand. He didn't care. He's like, listen, we all have problems. Get on a plane and come here. He gave me like the most dramatic, like, I'm not okay. He like stopped talking to me. And so imagine having that. I already wanna like be great for the job. And it was my mom who was like, you need to handle your health. This is not something to mess with. My doctor, you need to handle your health. This is not something um, you wanna mess with. And I'm telling you, it was like an intervention. It wasn't even me fully that was like, okay. I was more like, okay, because you say so, crying, kicking, screaming, finally I made the choice. I got myself covered. 
And so now I'm in New York, it's July. One of the biggest fears I have had in the past as an active person is injury and having to sit out. Can anyone relate? I, I was so afraid that if I had to sit out for three days, that my whole body would change, that like I wouldn't be okay, I would just fall off, right? So being home for a month, and I was getting these IV treatments that were five hours long, and I wasn't allowed to really use my arm after, so I didn't get vein damage, all of a sudden, I was on the bench. And I... I didn't want to admit it, I still don't want to admit it, but it was the biggest blessing because first of all, I got present with how tired I was and how hard I was pushing myself through things and I like wasn't okay. And my body, I mean, I was sleeping 15 hours a day. My energy was so low that if we had a conversation, I would need to take a nap after. And I was so secretly relieved because the way I had been pursuing my career and jumping up and going to every audition and canceling things and wearing a belly shirt in a room of 300 people, (laughs) for some people, it's fine. And for me, I had this voice in my head always that was like, is this a fit for you? And I could actually look at my life, bird's eye view, third person perspective, and analyze it and immediately know like, What is it that I really care about? And what is it that has me being a rat in a rat race? And immediately, I mean, this is a type of realization I think I would have had after my career. Instead, I got to have it right then. I care about dance. My biggest regret will not be not having danced with an artist. It would be if I had not reached my fullest potential as an artist and as a mover for me. Like, that's actually what I care about. Um, And... I want to do my career how I want to do my career. And, y'all, nothing was guaranteed. I wasn't guaranteed to get better, and I wasn't guaranteed to be able to go to my capacity from prior. So all of that short, I spent a month, slowly built myself back up over the course of 10 months, found out I had relapsed. And then over the course of two and a half months in LA, I went through second round of treatments. Um, 10 different treatments, colloidal silver in my vein, and I just knew that I was like going to get better. This whole process of getting healed, getting it again, and then truly healing, getting back to normal, and then thriving, I feel like it was about three years. The second time I had it was 2015, and here we are in 2019. It took me until a couple years ago to be open about this experience and get over that people might think I'm unbookable. And then I also, the other huge blessing was when I came back to LA and remember my energy slowly, slowly building back up, I couldn't afford to work jobs that weren't in line with what I needed to earn, right? Because if I have like 15, 30 hours at the biggest push or even 10 hours of energy for the week, what type of work am I going to take, right? What type of conversations am I going to have? Who am I around? So it taught me to start saying no to jobs. I couldn't afford to not take things that were for my value. And then I had a shortcut. I, the first job I had back was in teaching. And when I taught and I feel crappy and everything, I go into class, I'd start teaching and like a bigger energy would come out of me. And I was like, oh, bing, that's one of those things. And here I am. And it's like not so long ago, but long enough ago. And I feel like there is mileage that I have not put on my body from sitting out for that long. I feel like there are other injuries that would have possibly happened that didn't happen because I was resting so much and healing in so many other ways. 
I, I get to train people and have a whole different perspective. When I teach, oh my God. And the other thing, when I dance, you guys, I used to always be about like being the best one in class and getting discovered because my dancing is so amazing, that class, no pressure. When I took class, my first class back, it was Othan, full out. I had never taken her class. And I remember like, like my body could barely keep up with it, but I was the happiest person in the room. You couldn't tell me I wasn't the happiest person. And I got my joy back. I got that joy originally from when I started dancing back. So clarity, joy, energy, in feeling my energy so uh, being sensitive to my energy because when you don't have it, you really notice it. Uh, so my health is different and then I come from a different perspective because my whole health, well-being, physical, everything was not promised to come back to me. So I get to appreciate everything more. So <laughs> I think that's it. sure there's like one point I wanted to make sure oh perfect I was like let me just make sure I get the the heart of it out and if I don't I'll write it down but I did Q&A and please nothing is too personal yes I'm gonna close this door you can't tell I get distracted I was fearful of three days off. Yeah, fearful mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, I totally relate. Um, as far as when you took almost three years off, how did you process coming back into dance? And like, how did you process maybe the expectations you had of where you should have been when you were out? You know. Mm. So first, I'll clarify. I wasn't out for three years. Mm -hmm. It was like a month. I was on bed rest. 10 months, I'm just trying to be a normal human. And it took me till three years to feel like normal again. But around two years, I could, I was like, at the, I was like a baby again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, okay, so how did I process that? First of all, it had me get to like a very soulful connection to what movement is. Because I would be in my nightgown, can't use this arm, don't have any energy, and in the mirror, just with tears in my eyes, figuring out what I could do with this arm. And so it... It was like a shortcut to what the power of it is. So first of all, appreciating that even though physically I can't do everything, emotionally I have something so, so strong to express. And then figuring out what it is that I can do. Bliss gave me that advice. I don't know if he's a popper, if you know him. But he talked about like if you're injured and your legs are broken, you use your chest. And so it was piece by piece. And then... The little things that I could do, so if it was one class a month, I would get everything out of that class and I would observe more. So if I couldn't move my body, I would use my mind and I would watch more things. So does that answer it? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then being patient with yourself, yeah. which is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes? Do you feel like that experience played any part in you taking on this podcast where you sit? <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Thanks, JoJo. I would have like been walking home and been like, oh, damn. Yeah, I do think. So I have a podcast it's called Dan Speak, and we have 91 episodes. JoJo was the last episode that we had on it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah. 
I have a story that I didn't want to share, but potentially could impact people for their lives and sharing it. And I feel that everyone has multiple stories like that in their lives. And so I do think probably sitting down and getting people's stories that are sometimes the uglier ones to share and creating a safe space for it, I do feel like it was influenced by it because I'm vulnerable. And if you're going to be vulnerable, I can't have you be vulnerable if I'm not vulnerable. And I've also shared about the lines and felt hesitant to do it sometimes on it. So absolutely. And knowing that if you're not well, you can still listen to something, to watch something. Yeah. Any other questions? And if you're unsure whether you should ask it, you should. Yes. And then. What advice or recommendations do you have for people that are active every day to, you know, take the break and sit on the bench for a little Well, that's an inquiry I'm always in. And I feel like the Ayurveda talk really like started addressing it. What's your relationship with your instinct? Meaning like how do you know how to listen to your body? Working on it more, trying to discern between your head and your gut. So I know for me, okay, I know for me that like when I start feeling miserable, I feel uninspired or I feel like truly, truly, I can feel tired. I let myself sit out. My recommendation is to take baby steps. If you can't go and take a week off or even a day off, take half a day off. But I think looking at it as a recharge is going to be the most powerful. I'm sorry if I can't, I'll answer it more specifically, but do it. And make it a thing. Schedule, like, schedule it out and treat it as, as strongly as you would treat that physical active thing. And if you're going seven days, take a day off. Personally, my being loves having two days off. So, okay. yes. Yes, last thing. Can you talk more about your personal training background? Yeah, <laughs> In what sense? Uh, you're just your background in general. What, you, what type of personal trainer are you and what, what your degree is or just your background? Oh, I'm a certified personal trainer. Um, I wanted to be as good as I could as dancing, and I started dancing around the age of 12, 13. So I was with people that were dancing since they were two. So I was always figuring out cross-training for dance. So that was my beginning obsession with, I'm not like in the gym every day. I'm not working out 24-7. But that was my focus on, if I want to be a superhero, I see fitness. And then how do I need to be fit as a dancer because I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder, you know what I mean, for the best movement quality. So that started my journey, and I would take Pilates, and I had, a, I had a personal trainer. I don't know how I managed that with a friend. And then later on, it was actually around the time I was sick, I had started um, drawing in people that wanted to learn what I did for my body. And I got certified through ACE as a personal trainer, and this could be like a one-hour conversation. So if there's any question that I'm not answering, like hit me up on anything, Instagram, Facebook, owl email and, and i want to answer your question more in depth please like anything email thank you so much for listening to this episode i want to hear your thoughts be sure to follow tag us 
on Instagram at Dance Speak Podcast. And if you want to send a more personal message, I'm the only one checking the DMs, at least right now in 2019. So um, definitely hit me up. I mean, I'm in this community with you. And if you're not in the dance world, all good. We can still be friends. So yeah, and please be sure to check out another one of our episodes from the 106 other episodes we have. Thank you again for listening, for your support, and I hope you have a beautiful day or night. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests, or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much.